Dude, I feel like it's been forever. It has been, it's been a while since it's been just the two of us in Gearbud Studio. Yeah, man. Doing episode 40. That's pretty cool. Whoa. Episode 40. I guess because, you know, we sort I wouldn't call it cheating, but we sort of cheated and released three the mini, back to back to back mini-sodes. We had some, Was that uh, last week? That's what I'm all confused. I'm like, it's been almost two weeks Whoa. since we left for NAM. Yeah, that's crazy. Because that'll be on Wednesday. It'll be two weeks. That'll be Wednesday. Wow. Dude. I know it was weird. Um, the other day I was like, oh, I already, like, it was like a week ago. It just felt like, I don't know. It was, it was, Yeah. Well, I guess we might as well get it out of the way. We're gonna we're gonna blur to blur to blur to blur a lot about Nam again because yeah. you know, we just did that and it's our first episode back. But oh, hey, yeah. Gearbuds podcast episode forty. How's it going? It's going, baby. Oh yeah, man. It's uh, it's Monday. We're doing this late. We yeah. had a bunch of stuff get in the way of our normal Sunday recordings. Dude, it, was, it was it was my fault. I went out of town again this weekend. Forgot to put it on the calendar. You know, you're just a you're just a big time. I'm a jet setter, you're man. A jet setter. <laughs> no, I'm not going anywhere for a while now, man. I am like done. No, you stick around. Done traveling. I um I was thinking about how I was really hoping since this is a late one, we can try to do like an edit free episode today. Okay. Let's, let's but go for also, it. I just realized that I did not properly prepare and get myself a glass of water. Nope. Uh, so you got to do that. Started, and I'm feeling a little rasp. You don't want to get the like the smacky lips either. No. Oh, I hate Ugh. that sound. The worst. So this is going to be the one edit right here. <laughs> We got the gray sweatpants on today. And scene. Yeah, we're both both rocking some gray trousers yeah, here. I was not putting jeans on today. No, Heck nah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get back into it. Yeah. So we're uh, back. We're back. We let's, made it. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's just dive into some segments. We'll do a little NAM cap yeah. and then we'll take it from there. Sure, sure. All right, man. Symphony, Symphony of Corrections. What, what do we got today? I don't know. I just feel like we, you know what I need to correct? I realized it just now. I need to correct that I am a little embarrassed at how bad the audio quality sounds uh, from those Nam episodes because, uh, man, it, it, you know, it really, it really proved to me the value of having some of these nice microphones yeah. and a nice interface mm-hmm. and access to my monitor so I can hear how things sound. Yeah. We kind of just winged it. Yeah. And you know, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, I will be more prepared for next Nam. I will have some different gear along for the, along for the ride. I'm going to, I'm just going to have to get yeah. one of the smaller Apollo interfaces because they just, then I can use all my plugins and it'll sound yeah. good. And I'll just still just bring these mics, even though I sort of cheaped out and brought the 57 and you brought your, yeah. your little handheld guy. I, you know, and, and to my ears, I didn't think it sounded bad, but not as good as compared to how it sounds. Yeah, we've we, set a certain standard, brother, I and know. I just feel bad that that we couldn't maintain it. But you know, it was in in for the sake of, of course, getting some some fresh news out there in the world. Plus, we we stuck to it, man. We did it every night. We did. Are we? You know, the three nights that the we discipline. were. Yeah, yeah so that was cool. We uh we still got we still got some fun times in, but then we got to business and got it done. Yeah, we got it out there for all you gear listeners out there. Uh, I haven't heard the interviews. But you said right. those are pretty rough. Yeah. So we talked about it a little bit in those episodes, mm-hmm. but we did those a uh, few sessions at the AKG JBL Entertainment Podcast 720. Blah, Shout out suite. to AKG and JBL for so, setting up. Seriously, though, absolutely. They, they were very nice and took mm-hmm. care of us. They were. It was just oh, just a horrible environment to try to conduct a podcast. I don't know why we didn't like think about that. Or, so, and, and, and I'll add that they actually reached out to me 
directly to say, hey, can you give us like some feedback about the experience? We want okay. to know what it was like. And I did. And I gave them a very honest review. I was very thankful. But I also told them that they should look into some sort of more sound isolation, yeah. perhaps some walls, perhaps some other options, especially with the microphones as they only had. It was like a room mic. Just Omni mics. Yeah. And, and you're going to and with a room mic. You're right. You're going to hear a lot of the room. So it, I'm going to, I still haven't given up. We may be able to get those episodes out interviews with um, yeah. Mason from vertex effects and Johnny, a good friend of the show yeah. as well from daredevil pedals. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to try I'm going to try to tweak it. The audio is just real rough. I know. So yeah, it's you know, at the very least we will have Mason on again. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he's definitely could do a call or something. And, maybe. and he knows how to do it all fancy. Like where we'll, we'll, it'll actually, it could actually sound sort of like we're in the same room. Cause you can record with nice mics and then I can nice. mix it and whatnot, but very cool. Yeah. So more to come from that, but I guess I would add that in the symphony that just, if you're listening to those, there's some really cool content. It was awesome. Yeah. As you mentioned already, I think before we were recording, Huge thanks to Dan, to Dan Liu yeah. for, for all the love and help and support. He was our and, buddy, man. And our, being our fellow gear bud. I'm, I felt like it was like the old band days when we used to go on the road. Dude, it's weird not having him here right yeah, now. We've done is. three in a row with him now. Yeah. Be, he's, he's done four episodes. He is officially the most uh, senior non-you and me gear bud. The buddiest bud. Sure. The most bud. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Thanks for listening to those. Sorry about the, especially, you know, I'll just, I'll just get it out yeah. there. There's some, there's some poppy peas mm. on that SM57 without yeah. a pop filter on it. And it's just hard for me to, I, I, I was bummed out by that. But anyways, we know for next time. Now we know we live and learn. That's Plus our, you get to just go shopping together. for a, for a new little device. I'm going to go shopping for a new device. I, cool. I know, I know specifically the one already yeah. that I'm just going to get it, but yeah. So that's that. Um, a gentle reminder again that cables are tone tubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a little tone tube sesh. Was that last night with a good buddy, good friend of the show, Stingray? Yeah, man. I know you're listening to this. So hello. I love you. And uh, yeah, we got some more cables finished. He actually, um, I used my, the materials that I had already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he showed me his all, his master, you know, has already yoda through 200,000 cables probably or something like that in his life. No, it's yeah. literally in the thousands. I that's mean, that's awesome. such a big part of what he's done professionally for many years. I'd like to add, he did a hell of a job. Like I, I actually, uh, used it the other night yeah. just out of my practice amp. Heck and yeah. It, I mean, it's just a great quality cable, man. Yeah. I decided that. So I've, I've been, I've been very loyal to, to George L cables for a long time and, and have the, the long, the, my main ones that I've always used for, for my live rig and everything are two twenty foot. Or maybe twenty one foot. I don't remember George L cables, but mm. you know what, man? I'm going. I'm diving in. I'm eating my own dog food. I'm going full tone tubes. I mean, so we, we you know we promote it, cut. so yeah. we got to use we gotta it. Got to use know? it, and they sound they sound great. Yeah, they, they, they do. do sound really good. High quality parts. High quality parts. Big fan of the the all the methods that he taught me to be super secure. Doing the heat shrink, doing the whole thing. It was pretty cool. Do you have an opinion on curly curly cords? I mean, I have a, an opinion on anything when it comes to gear. <laughs> uh, I would say I think they look really cool. Yeah. I find them to be kind of, for me, um, kind of a little more annoying than anything. I feel like they kind of get stuck on stuff. Yeah. And the really the, the only sort of scientific argument I can make against them or for them, depending on your perspective, is that, you know, say you've got a 10-foot coily cable. Right. That's actually a considerable amount longer than 10 feet when yep. you stretch it out. Exactly. And as we all know, it be, because cable. we're nerds, longer cable, you're going to introduce more capacitance and and a higher possibility of tone loss, mm-hmm. especially especially on the high end. However, if you are someone like, say, Jimi Hendrix, who did exactly this, and he played very bright strats into very bright marshals, yeah. he liked that curly cable because then it 
rolled off some of the harshness from the amp right. and it sort of tamed it. But right. when he would record, he would use a short straight cable. So, so they do have uh, a practical kind of application then. Yeah, yeah. But to me, I just think they look kind of cool. When yeah. I see other people playing. I like them. Yeah. I've got two. I actually, uh, I like them for home use. Cause I can like go into the kitchen and grab something while I'm still plugged in. Cause it's stretchy. Yeah. A little stretchies. Yeah. You know what you need? You need an at home wireless unit. Oh dude. That they're starting to integrate that into some of the practice amps, like the new Boss Katana has a little wireless thing, and yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're not the first. But um, yeah, I don't know if we've ever talked about them on this podcast. But you had a wireless system, didn't you? Once? Oh, when I was when I was a very young man, we inherited that from my drummer's older brother, and it was, if I recall correctly, a very low end uh, <laughs> Nady unit. Yeah, and um, especially back then. I yeah, mean, I remember. I mean, of course, I didn't know anything about anything, but I just I, I definitely remember thinking, well, this sounds bad. Yeah. And then I, I think I, you know what, we played my, my high school, very early iteration of my high school band played my grandfather's block party. Okay. And I, used and I busted that out yeah. for sure. Did you go into the crowd? Oh, there, there, I mean, there were just so many, there were so many people watching. <laughs> like, yeah, I had to. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't remember. I actually, that's all I really remember about yeah. it is using that amp and I had a, or that wireless and I had a little, like, I still, I still think I had my radio shack practice amp that was my first amp. right wow so, you still have that the amp no yeah. uh i my first ever jam session with grown-ups mm-hmm. these were it was like a blues band of like 30 something year old dudes sure. and i got invited and i was like you know 14 some or dad something blues like that yeah totally yeah and uh and i got invited and i brought that with and then like i, I remember actually walking in and being super scared yeah and nervous it was like my dad's friends and uh they all had big real people amps grown up Mm -hmm. amps and i and i and like before they could see i remember i sort of like put my amp down and tried to sort of stand in front of it or like kick it behind something else and 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 they definitely still all saw but they could (laughs) tell that i was like ashamed of my little baby amp yeah yeah but i remember playing uh i literally remember playing little red rooster okay you know blues blues blues, standard blues standard yeah uh that's yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of horrible i'm sure just truly horrible soloing going on oh yeah me in there that's but badass, that's, man. Yeah, so no, to answer, to answer your question, I do not have that amp. Yeah. I left it there, never got it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember those little uh, Radio Shack amps. Were they Gorilla brand or something like that? It said Radio Shack on oh, it. Oh, it did. And I remember that it had the volume knob had a little click to mm-hmm. it. And if you hit the click, like it was a detent, it would go into overdrive. Ooh! So it had some had some really nasty solid state. Hell yeah, on. man! And I definitely, for sure, was playing all the Metallica rips, rips, ripping some Metallica ripping rips, them. and scooping the mids out. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, I had a PV uh, growing up that was my first amp, and oh, it had yeah. the push pull overdrive Ooh, knob. Yeah, it's great. We need you know what? twenty we watt solid do? state. We overdrive. need to figure out specifically the year and model that we got, and then like rebuy our original amps. I know because you could still have those for like you know a couple bucks. Because I I definitely still have all my first guitars and my first pedal. Yeah, for sure. But mm, not not the amp. What a shame. I bought my first bass twice. I think I might have told you, you this story, yeah. but uh, now Mark has it. No, wait. Which bass was that? The Red Squire. Oh, okay. Because he recently sold his. He had. He dude, sold I didn't his even know. Right? He had a Thunderbird. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Uh huh. And yeah, white he one traded it for an acoustic. Oh, which nice. Which is more, you know, so he can. Yeah, you don't need write some tunes. Two bases. Yeah. A non-bass player doesn't need two bases <laughs> and no guitars and no guitars. Yeah. So now That's he's got great. now he's got a Yamaha acoustic. Sounds great. Beautiful. Shout out to Mark. We love Hi, you. What's up, man? Um. Yeah. That's it. Reminder: cables are tone tubes. Uh. Follow us on Instagram. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna get into a little personal gear news. Yeah, uh, got my SG repaired. 
Yeah. Dude. It looks nice, man. As as you and everyone know, I had a little headstock crack, the yeah. thing that we all fear. And uh, I finally got it repaired, brought it into Chicago Music Exchange. Phil took care of it. And, man, you saw it. It's it's better than ever. You almost can't even see that it was there. Unless you look under light, yeah. it's hard to actually see that. No, you can't see, like, a like line that. or anything like that. It's not like um, some of the ones I've seen are... You know, really rough. Pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah, that it wasn't too gnarly of a break. For it was sure. the best kind of break, I think, according right? to the stinger. Yeah, and uh, it's repaired now. And uh, he told me interestingly that so for a long time he and and I think many repair folks use tight bond mm-hmm. wood glue to uh, repair those things. And he told me that recently he started using some sort of marine grade epoxy. Cool. that he has found to be even more stable and easier to work with and, and is a bit thinner so it can get in down deep into right. the cracks a little better. Yep. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, you, you mentioned it when you walked in, I've, I've got it out. I've had it out. Yeah. For, it just looks nice sitting out there, man. looks nice sitting out. I was playing it last night. Yeah. Uh, played it a bit after I got it really tried to slam on it hard. Use the Bigsby hard on it. It hasn't moved a smidge. Yeah. It's back, baby. I love SGs, man. I, I don't, I just, I fucking love the way they look. They're so yeah, cool. They're so cool. Yeah. I, man, I really love mine and it's hard for me to justify having two SGs, but I really want one with humbuckers. How about that silver one that they had? Oh, oh my God, dude. Him. That was so fucking cool. That was like, actually, I was really impressed and we can talk more about Nam later, but the, uh, just the, the color options that Gibson has now, like, I don't yeah. know if they've always had those colors, but they had like these frost greens that I've seen totally. and like, remember all those firebirds sitting next to each other? Oh my God. Like, yeah. Some of the coolest fucking paint jobs. Yeah, I've their ever custom seen. colors now are are super badass. Yeah. And and you're right, man. Might have been my favorite looking guitar all show yeah. was that. Yeah. What I don't even I can't remember what specifically what it was called. Some sort of silver or gray SG with a black pick guard on it and yep. humbuckers. And it was just the only I played that guitar and it just it it had a I think a sixty one or maybe no maybe a sixty four neck. Okay. And those are a little bit too beefster for me. Mm-hmm. I definitely prefer mine or like a, a much skinnier skinnier one. I just man, you know, I know I talk about it a lot, but I like those skinny not like not width, not right. like nut width. Right. But the profile of the neck. I d de- I don't like wizard Ibanez skinny, but I do no, like yeah. <laughs> I do like I do like a thin Gibson neck. It's yeah. that's just my thing, man. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, I like I like the profile on like the uh, like on the Scarface. Oh yeah. I mean that was that was like a sixty profile or something like that. Nineteen sixty. That's right. Yeah. Nineteen sixty. That is my favorite of that era for sure. I even like the skinnier ones though. To be honest, I don't even know. skinnier yeah, than that. Yeah, like my my custom uh, the seventy eight. It's yeah. just got man. It does. It's just I can play it right. I don't yeah. know why. I I would guess I haven't double checked this, but I would guess that it's very similar to the profile on my first Epiphone. Last I was ball. gonna say it might be like a muscle memory thing mm-hmm. or something. I think it's got to be. Yeah. I, it's so weird. Like when I I really admire players that can pick up a Les Paul on a Strat and any guitar and, do it and all. immediately sound amazing on it. And yeah. and I don't know. It's just it's hard for me. Like I I obviously I've got a Tele, I've got a P bass. I I've had a bunch of different Fenders. Mm-hmm. I like how they feel, but I just, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to switch back and forth between them. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I get that one between the jazz and the P, you know, yeah. for practices oh, and stuff. God, it's those like are drastic. It's, it's literally like they're complete opposite mm-hmm. necks, you know? So we just like, we just like to play too many different instruments. Ooh. And then, I mean, I see that Martin sitting behind you. That's got one of my favorite necks of all time, yeah, which that, is big that neck's and awesome. a V shape, which yeah. is super weird, but I guess maybe that's just an acoustic thing. Yeah. Anyways, hey. SGs. All right. Um, might as well just keep on talking about new gear because I got a new cabinet that we haven't talked about yet. That's right. Did we not talk about we it? We haven't. Wow. Dude, that Mesa. Rip. Yeah, that thing's cool. 
I love. I just. I, it's cute too, man. It's, it's adorable, but also adorable. kind of mean. Yeah. So it's a uh, <coughs> you. I got it used, uh, but almost perfect condition. Yeah. Mesa no scratch on it. Mini recto rectifier cab. So it's a one by twelve cabinet, but it's oversized and it's and it's basically like a shrunk down angled yep. top 412 right. guitar cabinet but it's a 112 and it's got a vintage 30 in there so 60 watts it sounds dang good like so good that i've got a new tone quest because of it oh is that right that's right i want to get another one right run them in stereo of course and run the kemper through it Ooh, yeah. might as well i might as well the only thing is that that kemper is the unpowered version so i will have to power obtain amp. a power amp yeah you don't have one but i mean not currently and i have i mean i of course could always do the thing where you just run into the effects loop of another guitar amp right. and then bypass the preamp entirely so then i could just use like the kemper for the preamp and effects yeah. and then power amp speaker nice. you know there are many options but anyways that cabinet sounds so good i like the idea I of getting a second one yeah however the other option because i my in my mind i was picturing it as two of the same the same angled right mm-hmm. and i got such a sick deal on that it's going to be real painful to do that because they never come up used and they're like 500 bucks i know i was going to say i've never even seen those things before you got yours so yeah man that's cool they don't uh, pop up very often but they also have a straight one so it might be cool to do one straight angle. underneath one angle on top yeah. but i don't know in my mind i think two angle ones next to each other just looks a little looks cooler badass. um so we'll see i don't know but i i love that cab i've been running it with that carvin that vtb 2800 yep. which is a crazy amp yeah yeah uh and my the hacked up uh 1966 gibson skylark um, which that amp is probably my favorite sounding amp of all time it's just it's right now i'm noticing an issue and i was telling you about this earlier that if i hit like a certain low note obviously it takes more energy to for an amplifier to amplify bass notes if i hit this certain g i think or maybe it was like no maybe it was when i was tuned down anyways it would kind of make the amp poop poop out on itself Mm -hmm. like kind of like close in on itself and i think that the i mean i don't know if those capacitors have ever been swapped and that is a 1965 or 66 amp so you know it needs it's gonna it kind of basically i'm gonna have to take it it to the shop and have it have probably a cap job done on it but it'll be worth it because we're also we've also got the project in the works with stingray to throw it in a custom head shell i'm excited uh have you decided what you're gonna like are you gonna stain like wood stain are you gonna tolex it totally no no definitely some sort of wood stain i would and when stingray and i were first talking about it he i was just like i'm gonna get pine or whatever cheap yeah. you know because it doesn't matter it doesn't have a cabinet in it. it's just for right, looks. just for but looks. he's like nah dude he, he's knowing i mean stingray's just get the the kind of guy. he's going he's going hardcore with it he, he t- and and i sort of ironically uh much like our good friend of the podcast zach mm-hmm. zach livingston yep. he specifically recommended a buckeye burl which is obviously uh, for loyal listeners know that zach's favorite wood yeah so. dude might be that um i don't know i don't i like that that amp already has faux wood panel on the front of it right so i don't necessarily want to clash with that too much but yeah, yeah maybe you could find something that matches or something that would be that That'd would be really be delightful cool love it um, it's a good project yeah man uh oh i've got i learned something really really interesting that i think you'll appreciate if you don't know already okay so i was watching uh recent premier guitar rig rundown with tom bresh and Tom Bresh, for those who don't know, including me before I watched yeah, this, I don't know who that is. Uh, is the illegitimate son of Merle Travis. Okay. So Merle Travis had a, an out of wedlock child, and that's Tom Bresh. And he's, but he himself has become a very famous <laughs> old, and now he's in his 70s, 
uh, finger style finger picking guitar player travis picking cool you know is that with like the father where they wear like the um, it's with a thumb pick it's like the inside like constant one two inside outside with the thumb pick and then your two fingers his father invented this it's quite literally in his blood he's amazing at really cool and he uh so we've actually i think the episode with shelby on the podcast Mm -hmm. we talked about the original paul bigsby guitar yep that kind of looks like a combination between a Les Paul and a Strat right. and, uh, you know, was made for Merle Travis. So oh, okay. I didn't know this part of it, I guess. So with the, the Bigsby was a big part of his ask for the, I should say, the whammy yeah. device was a big part of his ask to Paul Bigsby when making this guitar. He right. wanted to be able to do very important like uh, pedal steel type bends and they just couldn't figure it out. And so, but this was, this was his task. And so Paul Bigsby's working on it, spending weeks on it. And he was a motorcycle guy. That was what his background originally was. Oh, okay. He was a motorcycle customized customizer dude built, I think choppers, I guess Very was cool. probably a thing. Yeah. And he, no, maybe choppers didn't exist yet. Yeah. They definitely didn't exist yet in the forties. Like he the was 40s? like bombers and yeah. like whatever. They would take uh, cafe racers. those old ones from world war two. Bob bobbers is the yeah, one I meant to say. Right. Uh, but he was thinking about motorcycles and he realized that the valve spring, on the engine Mm -hmm. always has to return to equilibrium and that was the big problem he was having with the vibrato unit was getting it to return back to the right pitch right so for the first deck several few decades of the creation of bigsby's like the actual bigsby units the the vibrato bars the whammy bars the spring is a valve spring from a harley davidson they actually bought them from harley and used motorcycle parts in the Bigsby. So like the Bigsby that I have on my Gretsch has a, a old Har- Harley Davidson valve spring in it. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Right. That's super cool. Yeah. I was just like, it blew my mind that that that's where that came from. And yeah. that's like literally he bought them from Harley to put on the wow. guitars. Cause they already had it right. So Cause they already had it right. And then yeah. eventually at some point in the seventies, I think they, they figured Manufactured out how to make their own and such. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So a little, uh, little tone, tone tidbit right I there. Like that. Tone facts. I do like that. Um, <clears throat> Oh, dude. Hey. Grammys were last night. That's right. You watch them? I didn't, no. No? I, wa- I, I, watched, I watched a chunk of them. I saw some uh, highlights, I guess you Highlights, lowlights. <laughs> no, I will say this. I think the Grammys were like surprisingly watchable for the most part. Yeah. Uh, evidently clear that, and I'm sure that this is like an already outdated take, but rock and roll felt pretty dead. At, at the Grammys like the Grammys themselves were kind of vibrant and exciting and yeah. a lot of the performances I thought were fucking awesome yeah but just like the mo- for the most part the rock parts were kind of just like mm. well they always do like weird mashups and stuff right I, I mean I that's kind of the I'm no Grammy expert but yeah. they did do the uh Aerosmith walk this Run way. DMC walk this way right which is, you know, a mashup. And I, I'm I'm fairly certain they must have done that at a Grammy Awards before, right? Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's They've performed of, that before. I mean, just I mean, obviously, it was like a hit single and everything yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the 80s. But, yeah. Um, although, it was, I, I didn't know that uh, because of Twitter. I do know now that, I guess, uh, like, Run DMC was f- kind of forced into doing it. Oh, really? Like, they really didn't, didn't want, want to. to. They thought it would be cheesy. And, like, Aerosmith was, like, kind of cheesy old, yeah. old dude rock, which is funny. Like, 30 plus years ago yeah um but they were obviously they were successfully talked into it and it turned out to be a pretty badass hit and kind of led to like a lot of the music that's happening today i would say did you uh so you saw the performance live when it was i did not see that performance live i had got i I watched i watched a bit of it i think they played for like seven minutes got a little got a little antsy yeah played some luigi's mansion 3 on nintendo (laughs) switch for about an hour which was well worth it came back realized i missed that performance and something else and 
Um, but yeah, of course now, thanks to the wonders of the internet, I too got to see Joe Perry just Dude, make a bad sausage face that at face. Stephen Perry. I mean, well, did Steve you see Perry. what, so I saw the clip of that. He was singing Steve over, Ty- his, not Steve Perry, Steve Tyler. Steve Tyler. Geez. Yeah. Jeez. Wrong Steve. Yeah. Um, Joe Perry, Steve Tyler. Yeah, there it is. Got it. And, uh, he was, <laughs> Steven Tyler was singing over his guitar solo. Yeah. Which like, you know they do that he does the dabble dabbles yeah, all over that stuff for sure, but but you could tell he was maybe, like dude. I, I couldn't really tell from the audio that I heard, but maybe he was just really off. Yeah, and he it was. Like, you see you just see him just utterly grimace. Yeah, at Steven Tyler, it was that. like his face was in the center of the camera, like when he should when he yeah. made that look. And that wasn't the only thing that was kind of kind of weird about that performance because for the astute observer would they would notice that Joey Kramer wasn't there. He wasn't. Which is weird. I mean, okay, so the backstory there, yeah. Joey Kramer, he had some sort of surgery yep. last year, I think. Um, and has been in rehab, so they had to get a replacement player as Aerosmith being a big business would have to do. Mm-hmm. And um I guess the story, and we haven't heard Errol Smith's side of this, I'll right. add, but I, Did, according to Joey Kramer's story, he basically has not been allowed to rejoin the band because he cannot play to a click track. Did you see the video of him getting denied at the door? I did. And then the ne- after that, that statement him, came man. out, he then tried to enter the studio where they're rehearsing oh. in LA. And no, so yeah, so the day before he made that statement about all this stuff not being able to play, then yeah. the video, then you're I saw the video, about yeah, was the next day, right? And where there's just like big security dudes yeah. at the door, and they're like, Sorry, man, in. we're just doing our job, like, which is true, yeah, you, you know, they're not doing anything no, wrong, yeah. but uh, yeah, just kind of a bummer. I mean, kind of weird, I don't want to jump to conclusions again because we're only getting one side of the story, but yeah. I also don't know what he would have to gain by admitting to the world that he can't play to a click. Yeah, you know? and and I get it because that's the reality of modern sort of arena productions, you're you're playing along to a click track which because you're playing along to a bunch of backing tracks and you've got pyro going off to it and all your lights and everything like that is a programmed show right frankly it's kind of surprising it's to me be that perfect. he couldn't he couldn't do that already having seen aerosmith live before yeah. and like they have a big ass production oh yeah i mean he's a He's a pro. He's a great drummer. And know? and also, I mean, anybody who's ever recorded or played live to a click knows, like, it ain't easy to do that. Yeah. Some people just, like, especially no. drummers, just really have a very hard time with that. And the dude's coming back from surgery. But it was, I will say, it was, it was kind of a bummer seeing that performance on the internet now and then, like, that happening and, and then he went up on stage to get the, an award the and award, then they were like yeah. okay now get off the stage now we're gonna, we're gonna go get the good drummer <laughs> that was uh i bet that awkward. is probably i'm trying to think of other bands like drummer must be the first instrument people tend to age out from especially in yeah. more like rock and, and fast well, it's so and physical it's completely physical yeah. i mean drummers are usually like the most badass ripped dudes in the bands for right. a reason yeah um but that must be I, I bet drummer i bet that happens a lot like i'm trying i'm trying to think if there's other bands where the drummer has been like booted basically like no you got you can't do yeah this i can't i can't really think of anything All right, let's try to throw that in the symphony next week. yeah do a little do a little tone a little, storming yeah a little brain toning but uh, wait did you hear he's suing aerosmith too yeah yeah so it's you know it's always good when you when you you have to litigate right <laughs> i don't get it yeah uh but I, you know it's it's a bummer for sure because that's i mean i grew up loving that band yeah big time get a grip was one of my first uh, cds i ever bought compact discs yeah i had the red cover greatest hits that had yep. the like sort I remember of like, that one red wings looking logo mm-hmm. or whatever that was on yep. there um that was definitely my first and then i saw them on the a little south of sanity tour which was a live album so i saw them on the tour for a live album okay and I don't think that they had any new songs. Or How anything, old but were you when you saw them? I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Yeah. 
at the, where, the, where the, at? New, the New World Amphitheater oh, sure. in Tinley Park, Illinois. Yep. Good old Tinley. The World, which is now, I literally don't know. They've what changed the name like 80, 85 times. Yeah. But it's, you it's know, it's a big outdoor amphitheater. I, I was on the lawn. I still have vivid memories of it to this day. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if I got a shirt. I probably didn't get a shirt. I wish I got a shirt. Yeah, that'd be cool one to have. So, yeah, that was my little Grammy review. But I was, oh, man, I, there was one badass guitar solo. I, I'd heard of her, but I'd never actually seen her being the artist name her uh and oh. she played this song and i was like oh yeah i've heard this song and then like she was playing piano and singing totally ripping nice and then like for the guitar solo just got up grabbed a strat and ripped a strat really? totally ripped a sweet solo just picked it up and picked started it up going. and then put it back down went back to the piano <laughs> and finished the song it was like and like, i'm talking like tasty not just like good for a lead singer i'm talking like good ripping guitar solo like she tapped and stuff virtuoso in there. level playing like not like steve vise yeah. like shred but like just super tasty really awesome tasty. guitar solo awesome dude i'll have to look that live up. and you know what like i i th- i don't know one of the i saw a stand-up bit once i think it might have been fred armison where he said like uh uh our superpower as musicians is being able to tell when musicians are like are, are uh, miming or uh singing to tracks live right right and i feel the like same no way. way like i she was definitely playing live yeah yeah so yeah Shout That's out to her cool. as ripping guitar I'll have to solo. check her out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and congrats to uh, Billie Eilish for winning like five Grammys. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I saw, yeah. Follow us on Facebook, too. Yeah. That's, yeah. That Dave, Dave Hand- Manson. I handled the uh, there, Facebook and, post. Uh, congrats to Billie. Congrats to Billie. I, I, you know, it's a great album. I've heard it. Um, she's I, just, she's doing different stuff. I love stuff. that record. I've yeah. seen so much stupid, like, dudes white dudes around our age bullshit online like this one guy i know and normally i thought he was a pretty decent guy like posting something right after i was actually right after i posted my top whatever 25 records in the oh, year yeah. list yeah because it was in your list right yeah I, oh dude it was like top five for me yeah. i listened to the shit out of that record it's so good and uh i remember him, like moments after maybe minutes after i posted mine saying like oh i wonder if all my friends who put billy eilish and lizzo in their top records of the year are gonna feel like posers in a couple of years right it's like fuck you man just because you just like she is badass her brother phineas is yeah. super badass right. they did that record on their own in their bedroom and it's cool. swept the grammys like dude i think that's, that's cool badass. and it's a different style of music it's not like everything you've ever heard before no you know? i yeah i mean it's i hard know to put that a finger on it i'm like probably too old for it or whatever yeah. but i love like that record. Like, yeah. i that was one of my most listened to records last year for sure there are a couple songs that are a little not my favorite but honestly like 80 yeah. of that record fucking bangs and people yeah. should listen to it yeah so she won like all of the she awards won all the awards like all the big ones yeah record artist new artist all that stuff so cool uh yeah man well um I feel like we've kind of veered off course a little bit. Sure. Why don't we get back to some of the some of the usual topics, like Dave's Doc. Dave's Docs. I got, got a Dave, I got a Dave's Doc today. Here, I've got to I've got to jump in real real sure. quick here and say I totally screwed up and do not have a riff library. Oh, okay. This week. Well, we'll skip it. So we'll skip it. But um, still well, I, do Dave's Docs. Today. I have a couple Dave's Docs actually. Um, I started out watching a Wesley Willis documentary. Oh, on, nice on Amazon. It's it's not really more of a documentary. Like it doesn't tell his story. It just kind of, they follow him around with a camera. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, you it's didn't called put it the on the God, outline. So it's I called the God it. of the God of rock or something like that. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll post it. Um, it should be called rock over London, rock on Chicago. Yeah. It, it was cool, man. Uh, I didn't really knew that much about him. I know you have one of his pieces. I do have an original Wesley Willis full, uh, poster board size piece. Yeah. Just really, um, really interesting yeah the music's probably not my favorite 
Oh, well, no. I mean, most of it's the same it's weird. Casio beat. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, Some of the songs are like Rock and Roll McDonald's is undeniably catchy. Yeah, right, right, right. And then he would just often use the same beat for his, like you'd make a song for his friend and he's like, Dave Grohl does this. Yeah. Steve Albini does this. And it's always the same thing. But right. there's there's just this outsider uh savant charm to him and i mean and you know he headbutted me when i was when i was a kid so is that right yeah dude i've oh i definitely ran into him outside of the metro uh, as a youngster and i mean that was his thing like he had an actual like permanent yep dark spot on his forehead right. for headbutting people is that what it was from yeah oh yeah i thought it was just like a birthmark no no he was from because he was always had he would always headbutt everybody whoa because yeah. yeah there's a part in the movie where like this lady's like hey what you know what happened to this on the side of his face he had a big mark mm-hmm. And then he was like, I don't know what he said, but like, you know, it's just, oh, that's just the way it is yeah. or something. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Where'd you watch that? Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, right. It's free on Amazon prime. Um, it's only like an hour long. Actually. It's kind of a shorter one, which is nice. Um, I, <clears throat> I also did watch today. <clears throat> excuse me. I did watch um, one called Mr. Dynamite and it's okay. about James Brown. Yeah. That's also on one of the streaming services. That's on Amazon also. Okay. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> that's in my list. Excuse me. Sure. Jeez. My throat's just going crazy right now. Hope I'm not getting sick. Was hanging around <clears throat> a baby this weekend. So what you know, what at this part? Because I also need to drink some water. Excuse me. Anyways, Mr. Dynamite um, was really good too. Uh, story of James Brown. Like a lot of the early stuff, you know, just kind of like how powerful he was and how hard he worked. And it was just, I mean, we all kind of know the story about him and everything, but. You know, I honestly don't think I know. Really? really that much about his story yeah so i i'm i'm overdue for a day yeah doc. it's great man it's uh it's it's a really good one i highly recommend it I'll right on that. good dave's doc yeah, send them to me buddy. i'll maybe post them because i'm really bad about that lately yeah i've, I've actually got them i think mostly. i owe you like five right well, and some of them i have already built out i just haven't published them on the site so cool. i just need to spend some i'll time check my list and see where i left off right on uh i do have a band buds yeah because i went and saw our last proper guest Joel, Joel Bauman's from a band from uh, the band Royale. Oh, went they and saw them. When Their did they record play? Release. It was on Wednesday. Oh, you went? I went. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. dude. Um, I was totally feeling old and tired and was going to bail. And then, yeah. you know what? I just went because the other reason being that it, every band included a friend. Yeah. Uh, including, I'm not going to say specifically when because we're, <clears throat> I, we're still working on the scheduling, but a future guest that we're going to have within the next couple of weeks, Pete Falconer, Pete Falcor. What's up, Pete? His band, Planet Sexploder, opened. Uh, and then another colleague, friend of mine named Danny, his band, uh, the Tomblands, T O M B L A N D S, played, and then the band Royale, and it was yeah. all at Lincoln Hall, and it was all delightful. Uh, the record's awesome, man. I listened to it after we had Joel on, yeah, and uh, I've listened to it like twice. It's fantastic. It's so, really well done. Yeah, shout out to all those band buds. You should check all of them out, especially Band Royale, their yeah. new record. They've done a little bit of touring. They open. They went on the road with Chevelle for a while, but I think they're going to do some more stuff. So um, go see them in your town. Oh, yeah. Go listen on Spotify. Go buy it when it's available for purchase. They have but good merch. Too. I was just going to say the same thing. Cool They've got t-shirts. great merch, man. Yeah, I got to really get cool. one of them tees. I know me too. And it's a all. It's all. It's a brother band. All brothers. I oh love yeah, that. I love brother bands. Yeah, man. So um, band buds. We haven't been able to do one of those Very in a cool. while. So yeah, band buds. Um, all right, let's get into a little. Uh, little nam rap here yeah and then we'll promise the, the rest of the world not to do too much nam talking in the future because i'm i'm, ass- I'm assuming that's probably pretty annoying for most of the non-attendee world hey guys we get to do all this cool stuff we went to nam we went to the nam were show. you there were you there <laughs> uh so well let's just get it all of our, out of our systems sure. right now uh talk about some of our favorite and yeah i mean where do we begin um 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess having, I guess, however long a week, week and a half since we've been there, uh, it's kind of got to digest it. Yeah. What are, what is any, any sort of reflection or or new perspective that you've found on it and that, uh, you feel might be worth Um, us chatting about? It was, it was, well, one, I was proud of us. We did a really good job. Oh yeah. I feel like we walked, we walked around, we went to like pretty much everything that we said we were going to do. Although I will admit in hindsight, now that I've been reading all the coverage and all the watching all the videos post there's so many things that i missed that i wish we would oh yeah same here you know Mm -hmm. sorry no no um so i just thought i thought we did a good job you know um of just kind of you know setting up appointments you know did a couple you know interviews um really kind of checked out i mean i felt like i checked out everything i really wanted to see Mm -hmm. you know um it was exhausting that's for sure oh yeah yeah we're definitely by the third day i was like all right you know this is this is a lot of work. Oh yeah, multiple people from CME got the flu or Namthrax, dude, as we call it. Yeah, Russ texted me and was like, "Hey, um, how you didn't get sick?" He's like, "80 percent of the whole place got sick or whatever." You know, that's that's, that's like almost an impossible big, number to verify. Yeah. But I, in my experience, I'd say it's probably 50 yeah. percent. Like half the people there definitely got sick. I got a little sick while we were there. That was a different form of Namthrax. <laughs> uh, but I agree. Yeah, we, you know, it's it's a huge sensory overload, and there's so much to do and everybody's kind of got their own goals and and sort of ideas of what they want to accomplish so if you can fit into that great but i think we had a decent schedule every day where we had a bunch of stuff set up but also some freedom here and there there were a couple moments for and a few of the days where we were like running back and forth to things and that was a little stressful but you know what it was when it comes down to it it was pleasurable, but it's still kind of a, a work environment, right? It's a, it's yeah. an industry thing. It's not like it's supposed to just be fun. You're supposed to be there doing stuff and meeting people. I think that's what hands. was cool about it was we didn't just wander around for three days. No, that, that would have probably been actually kind of miserable. Yeah, I think so. I think after like a day of that, because we did do that like the first day we kind of wandered around. And like In the beginning of the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, which was nice because it was like, it was like half empty on mm-hmm. Thursday. Thursday was, was the, the day to get some stuff yeah, done for man. sure. Yeah. So I guess that's a good point then. And maybe uh, trying to be a little more structured on like the first day, <clears throat> first day next time. Take and, advantage of like not everybody being there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I actually watched a video, uh, Ola England, who I got to take my one and only selfie with at the show. Uh, he posted a video because he was an exhibitor there. He had a booth, obviously. And he posted a video of like, just being in the convention center like a half hour alone with no one else in there whatsoever. They got there early or whatever. (laughs) And it was kind of creepy. He got to try out a bunch of stuff in a really quiet way. And Mm -hmm. that was cool. But also like, yeah, there, I mean, it was just, you know how giant that place is. Like, I can't even imagine. I would probably get real freaked out if I was in there alone. Oh yeah, man. That's like the opposite of being claustrophobic. It's like afraid of giant open spaces. There's gotta, there has to be a a phobia for that. I want to know what it is. Um, yeah, it's but yeah it's, I agree. I think, I think the structure was good. I, I was just going to say, I feel like, you know, in some ways we are sort of like the new kid on the block mm-hmm. or the new grown man on the block, new gear, butt on the block, uh, at this thing. But also like I, you know, as we've talked about, I've been to a handful of them in the past yeah. and, and have sort of other connections in the industry. And even, even then we got to do some really cool stuff yeah, and, and see some really sort of like vlp exclusive things mm-hmm. but also like first of all it makes me think about the people who are actually big time in that industry what they get to experience and yeah. accomplish and like the people they get to meet and stuff like that's got to be pretty gnarly but also 
on the flip side, being completely brand new, trying to get any sort of entryway into that industry with no prior connections or friends or anything has to be really difficult. Yeah. You know, like getting into like the Fender event or whatever, yeah. even even knowing people there wasn't just like as simple as as showing up. You know, you have to like finagle things and, and get oh, yeah. on lists and know the right people. And that's got to be. I mean, it is and and has to be really kind of a, a major uphill battle, I think, yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, unless you get like once you're connected. Well, I was going to say, I think I mentioned this on the on the third night that we did our hotel cast. Um, hotel but, cast, nice. Yeah, I like, you like that. that. But you hooked it up, man. You you had a lot of awesome connections for us, um, and I, I think it would have been, you know, had you not had all those connections, we would have probably had a lot more wandering around to do. You know? Yeah, well, yeah, right on, man, yeah, for sure. Cool. And it's it, low friends or wait. Low friends in high places. Yeah. Is that the statement? Something like that. High right? friends and high friends in all the places. I don't know. I got to get high with my friends with weed. You're a friend indeed. <laughs> uh, but that was cool, man. Like even to meet like the, you know, Paul from Fender and uh, totally. Yeah. Just having a couple some of those high people really man. helps. And, yeah. and I had I not been, you know, having jobs in this world, I don't know how you would even get to know those people and get to see cool stuff at Fender and whatever. Like right. a lot of it is open just to the sort of general public. But man, I mean, even even Saturday there was too many people there, let alone oh, like God. Sunday when the whole, you know, any, any gear person go would be crazy. I don't know how you'd actually get to like see or try anything out. I'm Maybe glad we didn't try to go floor. on Sunday. That would have been, ugh. Oh, I, I don't, that's the other thing too. I was fully exhausted. Oh yeah. After we were done from that, even not, let alone like not sleeping. And with our before. six, six AM flight, six AM flight, <laughs> maybe three hours of sleep max. Yeah. If that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I think I'm going to need to do some more, uh, some like uh, squats and, and leg lifts and such before next time so I can build up some leg strength because my legs were freaking beat. My dude. calves were mooing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> my calves, honest to God, man, my calf muscles though got were a like- a real set of cows on this I, guy. Yeah, I know. I felt like they had like knives. You even got a longhorn on your pants Oh right yeah, now. there he is. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It was cool, man. I think the I think the highlight for me was that Fender event was so freaking cool. That man. was that was insane. I that know we talked so a bit cool. about that yeah. in, in episode three. You can go listen to that. But basically- it was with Jam Card, which is a, a social network for musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Fender had this event where it was a small convention room, you know, small a small hall. Yeah, uh, I don't even know how many people would you say were in there. Five hundred, maybe, maybe, 300? probably less than that. Yeah, and just like four sets of bleachers with a bunch of band equipment set up in the middle, in the round, literally yeah. playing the round, and then so we were kind of just standing on these bleachers at first, but then we just like walked down and yeah. we're standing. I was standing. Qu- next to the drummer well, which fucked up my ear for a that day. was kind of the funny thing they were like hey no you can get really close yeah. remember the girl that yeah. was there when we st- and when it was getting started and i was like well i don't want to be like on top of the drummer but then sure enough people Once just started lined playing, up right like, behind oh, him this is the place to be for yeah. sure yeah um and you know, i've actually talked to nathaniel nathaniel murphy former awesome. guest who per- performed right there i've talked to him a few times since then in nice. fact i've actually i don't know if you remember uh we talked about him um copying off some tab from that Michael Hedges book that you right. can get. And I, he finally gave it to me. Really? I've got it right behind me right now. It's, cool. it's insanely Yeah, difficult. you're going to learn it, right? Oh my God. Yeah. But it's so hard. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Yeah. That's my next big, uh, guitar project. Nice. But yeah, I've talked to I talked to him about it and he said it was really cool. And just like the whole experience with Fender and, and all the artists being there mm-hmm. and just, it, it was, it was very nice to be sort of in the thick of world, truly world-class players. And I've actually, I've gone and looked up, 
some more about the different player. I forgot about this uh, uh, the, of the other players that were even playing, and yeah. like some of the people that they didn't name was like, oh, that's the bass player from Panic at the Disco, or like, that's oh, was the, it? Really? Yeah, the one of the in that like when uh, the, when Nick West yeah did her thing, and she yeah, had the two incredible. other female bass players with her. Yep. One of them, the white girl, was from panic at the disco oh that's the girl oh that's her yeah and then, uh i can't the other one is also very famous yeah incidentally nick west liked our instagram post about her oh, no big man. Deal. i know that was pretty badass yeah. um Serious even more crush. badass or maybe i would say equally as badass in a completely different way is that fred durst commented on one of our instagram Dude. posts i mean i can die now i know exactly <laughs> and, it, and it just so happened to be a picture of his face on the top of a guitar called the durst burst it was all of that is so brilliant, man. I mean, you know, obviously I tagged him. I'm not going to tag him in it. That's how we got to the GearBuds Instagram. Right. But now we can uh, we can officially say forever that we uh, we've, we're 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 buds with Fred Durst. Dude, and, if you're listening, he left, Fred, he left wanna... two lightning bolts. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, he liked it. He li- he liked it. It's electric. That's great. Um, oh, I was going to say, you know, what I thought was a little disappointing. Uh, going back to Fender, was I thought their display was wasn't very huge. Well, it was small, small, I, I guess in the non, like for people who aren't there have seen this before small is like kind of relative because the fender booth in actuality compared to like 99% of the booth there is giant. Right. But compared to like Gibson's compared to Gibson's felt a lot bigger. Fender has, has more sort of like, like little uh, artist only areas and yeah. such that the rest of the world isn't, isn't right. privy to, but I don't know. I, I will say just like guitar for guitar per capita fender had my favorite booth for sure like yeah gibson I had agree. a couple really 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 cool things in there and it had a stage with music going on all the time and stuff but like every guitar in that fender i, I would have taken even call it a booth it yeah it's a big ass it was a room yeah was awesome it was so cool it was i mean god all the master built stuff even yep. not even not the ma- even just like the their sort of regular american and custom shop lines are also yeah. cool and every guitar they had i was like oh i'd want that oh yep. i'd want that oh, oh yeah i'd want that actually i've got pictures on my phone you know i kind of just i went nuts with like my camera in that room because i'm obsessed with fenders mm-hmm. and i'm still like looking through my phone like oh i don't remember seeing right. that one i was looking at it today and i was like oh there's like this cool jaguar didn't even see it like the first time i took yeah. a picture oh, so. what's in what's in the corner back there or here yeah. oh there's that uh six hundred thousand dollar uh, clone of a Fabergé egg. So cool. That I, we haven't even talked about. Like that yeah. guitar was bonkers. That was, the fretboard was like made out of ruby or something. It was insane. Yeah. It was crazy. It had diamond. Um, the body had diamonds on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And they had, it was already insured for like $1.2 million or something. Yeah. Man. Crazy um, time. I was going to say, could you even like, like what was the first thing you would play on that guitar? If you, if you had a chance, uh, smoke on the water. Right. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, uh, man, I don't, I have no idea. Cause you can't just play like a rhythm track on that guitar. You have to play like something crazy. Oh man, I, I the first thing that I would play, man, I I, I probably the Wind Cries Mary because that's usually the uh, first yeah. thing I play. Always play on a strat. Yeah. I don't know, I, man. That's a I don't. I you know we've we've both now been able to play some crazy guitars. Yeah. And some real expensive shit, and like I still think I'd be a little nervous picking that one up. Oh dude, I mean, what like who's who's gonna own that thing? I, that's a very good question. I don't know. I, that might, you would have to think something like that was made for a purpose. They didn't just like decide to make the most opulent 
over the top rich guitar of all time yeah. for no reason. Right. And they had that Fabergé egg sitting there yeah. that was yeah. sort of cloned on. Kind of. I don't know. Right. I actually, that's a good question. Maybe we should look into that and fit, throw in the Who, symphony. Yeah, see what, if somebody bought sort of it. Intent of having made that guitar because I haven't actually, to be honest, I haven't seen any. I haven't watched any videos about it either. Mm-hmm. I've watched a ton of Nam videos and learned about some cool stuff, but um, didn't see that one. So yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into that. Um, but yeah, overall the Fender booth, I don't know. I, maybe you're a little bit, a bit underwhelmed with it, especially compared to Gibson, but I, I, I don't know. No, Fender, it was, Fender was probably my favorite. I think you, I think you're right. Guitar for guitar. I think they had the coolest, like every single one in there. I was like, I would take that. Yep. I would play that. Um, I guess I just thought it was going to be a little bigger, you a little know, more, yeah, a little crazier. Yeah. The, the other thing to keep in mind, of course, that is that we went to the other ones too, that, you know, Fender owns Jackson and right. Gretsch and, and Charvel. That's right. They kind of so had those they had separate thing there mm-hmm. too. And we went and checked those out. Um, but yeah, yeah. Word. I um I dug um, what are they called? Uh, that could <sighs> mess this up. Dunnable guitars. Oh yeah, dude. Dude, those were really nice. Those were cool, the, man. CME bought a handful of those. That was uh, we talked about that a bit. Uh, yeah, I think where we uh, you know I got to like play guitar quote unquote with Misha Mansour from Periphery while we were there. And then I was like, I just, I want to him to play. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to stand here. <laughs> oh, like I'm, I'm just going to turn mine off. Um, I, did, I really like them to, again, to go back to my skinny boy neck thing. They've got a little bit of a heftier neck. Yeah. Um, so while I love the way they look, I like how rugged sound, they are. And yeah, that just the vibe, uh, the necks are usually just a little bit on the big side for my yeah. personal hands. I am definitely following those guys now though. They have yeah. some cool shit. They did. Um, uh, th- I did reach out and they don't have any t-shirts left for sale. Oh, well, I was kind of bummed. Yeah. Should have bought one when I was there. I don't know. Um, what else? Oh, uh, uh, Sarek basses I thought were cool. Got oh to, yeah. I, I finally got to play bass. It took me three days to be there. And, and then, then I finally then once, plugged something in. I mean, once you broke the seal, it was just like bass. I just wanted to play bass. everything. It was all the yeah. bases after that. Um, you but, covered all your bases, but those are, <laughs> good one uh those are chicago guys so shout out to sarek bases we're definitely gonna get them on the show yeah we gotta get them on that was the other thing i'd say just generally is that um you know great sort of if if you're also doing a gear podcast or any sort of any sort of content creation that going to getting into and going to an event like this is just the best thing you can do because you're going to meet so many people that also care about the same thing as you. And Hey, guess what? They're probably going to want to be on your show sometime. Yeah. Uh, so we were very lucky in, in making a lot of cool connections and have already lined some things up with yeah. Some, yeah. some awesome folks. And, uh, Sorry, uh, Sophie just joined the podcast and is currently she distracting is. me. Um, so yeah, yeah. General, general sort of advice: if, you, if you've got a content creation system of some sort, go to the event. Yeah, do the thing. Meet some people, shake some hands, make some stickers like we did. Dude, I'm, I, it's really one of those things where I'm like, we we had to have gone to that. You know, yeah, totally. Because like, we were kind of on the fence before we bought tickets and stuff, yeah. and I was like. Maybe we should just do it, you know? And it makes me really glad even more excited to get down to SummerNAM because it's even more sort of geared toward not just being the biggest brands in the world. Right. And then you can have conversations with people. It's still crazy it's smaller, and, right? and yeah, and noisy, but it's not nearly nearly as crazy uh, in just terms of overall gear volume. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that'll be that'll be a cool one. And hey, we just get to hang out in Nashville. So Yeah. Plus know. Nashville's awesome. Nashville so. rules. All right. Well, what else you do got? you feel like you got uh, you got the Nam out? Are you? Do I you think feel, so. Do you feel I was going to ask you. Did you have a favorite? Um, I mean, we probably talked about it already in our hotel casts. Yeah. But, you know, if just to just to sum it up, did you have a favorite booth or a favorite <sighs> event that we went to or anything? Favorite. I really. I, I mean, the, that Fender event was really rad. There yeah. was no doubt about that. That was just like kind of a 
once in a lifetime experience with yeah. a lot of players I really respect and admire. Uh, that Animals as Leaders show was pretty dope. Oh, yeah, Because, um, you know, I've seen them a bunch of times now, even at the Metro and small places, but I've never been, like, literally front row and yeah. uh, for their giant stage spectacular. And they've, they, they're they just so ahead of the curve in terms of overall talent and chops and songwriting. And at their drummer, Matt uh, Gersk, I always forgot how to say his last name, yeah. is just absolutely insane. I... I, I it's it's he was one of those guys where it was like if it was anybody else i'd be like i don't want to watch this guy anymore but he was just so good he was so you know what i mean it was like overplaying but it was tasty and it was just like i I can't really describe it but i i I couldn't get enough grooves that's what we're talking about is he plays all those crazy moves and fills and stuff but he grooves so yeah i would say the animals is leader show but also i mean if i can just kind of if i can just take in a slight cheesy turn just like spending spending those days with with my bros with you and dan and getting to hang out with the the ward bros and rj out in l.a just overall super positive time uh good for the soul get some vitamin d get some sunlight in this horrible chicago winter the weather was nice um uh so generally yeah I, it was just a it was a it was a positive life experience it was for me. man yeah I, I won't forget it never never forget i'll never forget it so uh that's nam yep. get out of our systems you guys don't have to hear us talk about it anymore until <laughs> next week when we forget and just do this whole thing again uh, all right, I want to get into the sort of last uh, yeah. segment of the of the show. We're going to get into a little future gear. Awesome. And the first one uh, is something. Actually, all of these are are. I guess I haven't quite escaped Nam yet. All of these are things that came out at Nam. <laughs> However, we only saw a couple of them, yeah. and the first one we didn't see. So uh, I would imagine they must have been in the basement. The company Anasounds. We've talked about them before because they make those uh, reverb pedals where it's like a sort of like the the main pedal that looks like a normal stomp box is kind of the controller. And then it connects via cable to actual spring, spring tanks, Mm -hmm. Uh, make three different spring sizes, et cetera, French company. Well, they also came out with this really cool, another sort of um, physical take on uh on, on a type of effect control and it's essentially a pedal that has um what looks kind of like a like a propeller on the top of it it's like mm-hmm. a standard small stomp box size but then it's got this silver propeller on the top and somehow via magnets and ball bearings and such you actually spin it and it there's a sensor on the top of the pedal and that spinning is what controls say the um motion of your tremolo pedal oh okay so using like light sensors and magnets and you can and speed it up and slow it down exactly and I, and I don't know i again because this is one i didn't see in person i've only seen pictures of post nam mm-hmm. but if, i think essentially you connect it to your anasounds tremolo pedal and it spins somehow and it's i'm sure it's designed on bearings and such so that it'll just keep going or whatever and then that is what controls sort of like the speed and intensity of your actual tremolo effect and it just seemed wow. so badass dude yeah like, that is really I cool. love the idea of taking things that are kind of typically confined to circuit boards and electronics impulses, and, and we see it somehow being physically in a physical form yeah. that you control and interact with and have this tactile experience yeah. with. Um, it seems like right now it's only designed to work with their specific tremolo pedal. Right. Um, that would make sense. I can't remember what it's called. I have the link here, but obviously we're not going to open it up. Um, I, I'm very excited. To, I want to try it out. I want to. I want more of this kind of thing where, you know, it's sort of physical hands-on control yep. with our music. The things that we're sort of more and more doing inside earbuds and gearbuds and computers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
So that was really exciting. That's cool. Yeah. You didn't see it when we were there, right? No, I didn't. In fact, I forgot. That was, I guess, the other thing that we didn't really talk about the NAM, NAM experience wrap up was how many things that I have since sort of regretfully realized we didn't see. We didn't make a list of things we wanted to see. There were a handful of things because we had appointments. Yeah. But like, for instance, I really wanted to get over and meet our friends at Access Analog who we've interacted with so much on Instagram right. and just, I mean, totally lost track of time and forgot yeah. and got lost in the sort of array of all the things going on. Um, but another one is this company, Anasounds, because we've talked about them on the podcast before. Um, like, for, you know, it, it could have been the same with Gizmotron. We kind of got lucky and accidentally yeah. stopped by there and then wound up falling in love with it and, you know, not really <laughs> want one and all that stuff. And in fact, we have uh, interacted a little bit on um, cool. Instagram since then. But Awesome. Uh, nice guys. Very, very nice guys. Um, another another piece of gear we actually talked about and walked past their booth at the show, but we didn't try it out that I wanted to bring up was the uh, Lag guitars, or maybe it's Log, L-A-G guitars. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that, and in fact, I think I might have even to the group text sent you and Dan a thing about them where they basically, because we had gone past the booth and I was talking about it and they had like a plexiglass booth where you could test the stuff up, stuff, stuff in quiet. And it's a guitar that sort of through some crazy technology has kind of a speaker built into it. So like right. the whole acoustic guitar soundboard becomes like a speaker, like a Bluetooth or something right? via Bluetooth. So, uh, not only can you really literally like play a song from your phone through your guitar's body. Cool. Yeah and sort of play along to it by using that same technology. It also allows you tons of crazy effects right. with the guitar. Like you were like, I'm, I think you're in fact, now I'm remembering you were saying you didn't really dig the, the distortion sound. There was three settings, I think, or something. There right? were a bunch of different yeah. settings and it could do like phasing and yeah. chorus and de delay. Delay is nuts. That would be cool. A acoustic guitar delay happening inside the guitar. Like That's it's crazy. not like it's like a delay pedal or something. It's just like, reverberating it right. in such a way huh. that it controls the sound. They'd have to really sit down and play one of those things. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is that that is one of the I remember things that the show we walked past now. and like yeah. I think there might have been some a people line. In there. Yeah. there were some people in there. I really wish I would have tried that because that is some crazy future gear technology yeah. right there, man. Like, that that is a, a good one for future gear. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's an old old ass technology, acoustic guitar technology is right. hundreds of years old, but to use modern advancements to take that to the next step i don't know like is it going to replace all acoustic guitars probably not but it's such an interesting technology that i mean it's to the point where if i could somehow install it in one of my acoustic guitars i would yeah i think the thing is that they right now they only just sell their own guitars it's a guitar yeah yeah it is and, and i think it's called the smart guitar and they have a, a a very sort of cheap affordable line of guitars that they sell like um i probably i, I think chinese made you know in the like 100 200 beginner mm -hmm. range but then they also make this other one so to me that's a little bit like I, as someone that already has preferences on guitars, I would prefer it if I could just like put it in a guitar I know I like already. Yeah. But I think the technology, it seems like the technology is such that they want to uh, sell the guitars. They have to yeah. yeah, with the construction methods, but maybe something to keep an eye on for, for like a V2 or a V3 where they do create it in such a way that I could put it in my Martin and not yeah, have to like cut a hole out I'm of sure it. sure they have the, like the patent for it and all that. So, right. Um, so yeah, that's the that lag guitar, smart guitar, super crazy technology. Yeah. Really wish that we had been able to check that one out yeah. in person, but hopefully they'll be at the summer show and yep. we can do it there. Um, one more, and, it, and that's another one that we sort of saw but didn't check out that I am most interested in is made by a company called Jamstick, mm -hmm. J-A-M-S-T-I-K, I believe. I think that's the name. Of the, it's either, I think that's the name of the company, but that's also the name of the product. And they make, it's essentially like, a modern MIDI guitar. 
So rather than just being like, I mean, I've owned this before, like a the Roland GK yep. pickup where right. you can put on there or whatever and translate electric. It's like the guitar is built with that in mind, right? And it completely integrated. And I don't, I don't remember the exacts of the technology, but I don't think it uses like a standard kind of MIDI pickup. I think it's its own sort of proprietary technology. Okay. But the videos that I've seen of this thing, the tracking is absolutely instant no latency and that's right. always that's been huge. the biggest issue yep you can bend you can pl- slide you can play qu- all the polyphony you want in chords <laughs> and it totally keeps right. up and and to me that is super exciting because i really like making music on a computer and that has forced me to spend a lot of time trying to like get decent on a keyboard yep. and while i can and i can i can make things happen on a keyboard it, it is infinitely easier for me to do the same thing on a guitar guitar. yeah so like the these types of implementations they've existed since the 70s like the 70s whatever this is the first one that i've seen that i think looks like and sounds like it could actually solve the problem i mean if it's real time that's really all you can ask for you know i just i i find myself going back to the same issue as with the again i wish i knew if it was lag or log Mm -hmm. guitar where I just still ultimately would prefer to play the guitars I'm already very comfortable yep. with and just put another thing on there. I, I, I also, again, I don't think that it's possible with their technology. I think, again, that they're trying, they built their own guitars because they had to. Right. And it wasn't like they, they just wanted to get into tooling guitars and doing that sort of thing. Because I think they've also made, because this is like an actual guitar, it's got strings, yep. frets. I think they have in the past also made that something that sort of plays more like a guitar as a MIDI controller, but still is kind of like plastic buttons yep. and, and rubberized and that sort of thing. And I've been close to buying those as well. I've seen those, yeah. Um, but to have it as actual strings that I'm already completely yeah. comfortable with. You don't have to learn a new instrument. Like a, a, no, a no-brainer, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you do, if you, that, something I've learned and just in, even with old MIDI products, like when I had that GK3, yeah. um, you you find that even if you, for instance, put on, say, an acoustic piano sound, you still have to change the way you play for it to sound like the you're playing a piano. Or whatever, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you're you not strumming like like you are on a guitar on a piano. Right. You're playing mo- notes usually a lot more at the same time or sort yeah. of arpeggiating, so you, you do have to kind of change your picking and fretting style to fix that. And the way you voice chords is usually a little bit different. So that's it's not going to just like become an acoustic guitar or an acoustic piano for you you still have to kind of mentally get there but the tool yep. itself gets itself mostly as out of the way as it can right, right while promoting your own creativity that is cool hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I feel like i just sort of no uh, i was just thinking about it you, you sold me on it man bit. i mean shit i was gonna ask you is, is there i mean the Roland gk thing or whatever mm-hmm. that is that kind of the only thing in its class uh fishman also makes one yeah uh, in terms of sort of like big, a pickup big builders. Yeah. Right. Where it's a pickup and then a little breakout dongle box and yeah. that one, they have a Bluetooth version of that They're in suppose I've never used it specifically, but I've, I've read about it and watched videos and it seems like it's like a sort of a slight improvement on the whole Roland, um, GK series. They mm. haven't, I haven't, I don't think that they've, hello. I don't think that they've put out anything of a re- redone version of the GK three in like 20 years. Probably right. it's been, it's been a long time. <laughs> Siri thinks I'm yelling at her right now. Oh, that's now. hilarious. Uh, we're just leaving that in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fishman is the, is the most recent one that I know of. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely room in the market for it, especially, I mean, we're talking about this Grammys thing. You know, 
I don't think there it's to ever say that rock is dead is a truth, but it is not as nearly popular as it once was. So like to be able to cross that over and have sort of a MIDI controller guitar is probably much more viable right now than it has been in a long time in terms of producers, live performers. Cause you're still, people still want to rock out. And then, I mean, that happens a lot in hip hop trap music Mm -hmm. these days. Like there's a lot of rock elements. Yeah. You send these sample guitars or whatever sample guitars. So if you can even get, bring back that element, that means more gigs for us, uh, for us guitar boys over like here it. that uh, don't know how to play saxophone but want to put a saxophone out of the PA live. I was going to say too that um, going back to the the convention, um, it did seem like when we were kind of hanging out by the guitars, there was one thing, and then we went over by like the DJ equipment and all that, and it was packed over there. It was nuts. It was oh way more crowded over there. Yeah, I wonder. I'm not sure if that's just like was that just like a coincidence well or i don't know if it's totally reflective of the industry maybe it is it could just be the way that the booths are set up that sure. they were having more events and stuff but it did to me i mean yeah it's like the chauvet area with all the lights and fog machines right. and shit like that was nuts yeah the roland you know, area all the was DJ huge. stuff was huge yeah um i think I, that's probably that's probably true i think that is that is probably reflective of what's going on that said by far still the biggest exhibitors at the whole show were fender and gibson oh yeah you know, right? I mean, Yamaha's that was that was nothing to to sort of wag your finger at either. They had a whole they had separate, a whole separate. They were in a separate hotel. Yamaha Line yeah. Six and Ampeg. Ampeg, uh, they're all over in, in the Marriott. Yeah, right on on campus or whatnot. But you still had to have your NAM badge to get in there and right. stuff. Um, yeah, so for sure that there there are some some of the big boys. I mean, Yamaha's just one of the biggest companies on the planet. Yeah, they're just big in general. So. Um, yeah, those are I don't know those are those are just three three future pieces I want like to it. to bring up a little bit and um, very cool. Yeah, man, we've got some guests coming up the next few weeks, yeah. so that's going to be exciting. Not going to you mm-hmm. know spoil anything, but they've got a couple cool ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like that was a good tight. I don't even know how long it was. I'm going to say tight forty five. Yeah, it feels like a good one. Maybe even an hour. Who knows? Maybe I'm, actually, you know, you're probably right. I think it was an hour, but we'll see. What we happens. covered a lot of ground though, you know, and it's good to be back. I feel like. Uh, you know, we, we've kind of, you know, we've been running around a lot and it's like, we, you know, we had to get a, a Dave and Hank episode in. We had know? to. Yeah. And we did it. All right, buddy. All right, brother. Bye. Bye. Awesome, dude. Let's hope it was recorded yeah. the whole time. Was, I'm not going through that again. <laughs> that was a juicy one. It was. Okay.